And now it's time for the Neighborhood Leafs Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Phil. And I'm Dan. And we're coming back for another episode of the Neighborhood Leafs Podcast. Uh, Post Game 3 this time, I'm noticing a trend. We record a good show, we're all happy. And then... (laughs) A sad a show where we're all sad. And then this time, we're happy again, Dan. Why are we happy? Big win. Big win. Big win. So, uh, really, compared to last year, last year at this point, I guess we were down 2-1. Uh, really, we've had uh, Game 1, which was a nice victory. They had a great effort. Game 2 was just disappointing on so many levels. And I think Game 3 uh, was probably the best game they played so far. I think it was even better than Game 1. I, no, I totally agree. Game one, you know, it felt like a lot of things went right, but in game three, it's like they worked to make things right. Yeah, they like they they earned what yeah, came to definitely. Them. Especially after that game two, they realized it was a different series than they thought it was going to be. Yeah, and and going into game three, uh, we had highlighted a few different things that were going to be important. One of them was that uh, Matthews really needed to step it up. Uh, the other one is that. No matter what the whistles were going to be like, the Leafs were going to need to take advantage of the power play opportunities that they got. Uh, three, Anderson had to continue to, to be consistent. Um, and I think four, we talked about them just using their team speed and, and how the lack of cadre, uh, how they would fill up, uh, fill, fill that void in, in the lineup. Uh, and I think all four of those things... Uh, came into play in the game, and they all contributed to them winning. Before we really dissect the game, Dan, why don't we just quickly talk about the Kadri suspension? Yeah. Uh, and then we could just move past it and then not talk about Kadri again until... Next round. Next round, if we're so lucky <laughs> to get there. Uh, so, uh, the talk was going to be anywhere from three games to ten games, really. Right. Uh, they ended up deciding that they were going to suspend him for the rest of the series. Um, thoughts, Dan? This, this to me, is a cool new precedent that they've set for the playoffs. Uh, I know we were just talking briefly off the air, but I was wondering throughout the day like, if at some point they would do something like that. Wouldn't it be cool if they suspended a player for the series? What Gadry did was dumb. It wasn't. It could have been way worse if there had been a serious injury to DeBrusque, but fortunately there wasn't. I do think DeBrusque should have got a fine or something for the knee, but whatever, right? The, the suspension is the suspension, and it's cool that it could be anywhere from three games to five games just based on how the series plays out. It's just a nice new thought from the NHL to be able to handle future suspensions in the playoffs with anybody. Yeah, I think the three to five game suspension, suspending someone for the rest of the series, I think to me it was an acknowledgement by the league that it wasn't just a cut and dry situation. Like there were extenuating circumstances, right? Yes, Kadri is a repeat offender. Yes, he did something bad. But that was the culmination of a series of events that happened throughout the game that were mismanaged by the league, by the officials. Right, so you think that's kind of the league admitting, you know... So, if they had done a better job of keeping that game under control, that game doesn't escalate to that point. Right. Kadri is still responsible for doing something selfish and stupid. Yep. And that's why he gets suspended. But if they do a better job, even if that that, that debrusque Kadri hit is... I thought it was a knee, you know, I've seen p- people argue, if that was a two-minute tripping minor. Right. Yeah, if that was a penalty, he's probably right? not as mad. Right? Then that, di- right, that yep. diffuses the situation, 
right? If Kadri doesn't get a two-minute roughing penalty for getting punched in the face, right? That diffuses the situation. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll say on Kadri, I still just if he instead of cross-checking the guy in the face, he just dropped his mitts and just started giving it to him, right? I think no one would have had any issues. No, Even the Boston Boston side would have at least said, okay, well, at least Kadri's not afraid to, you know, drop the mitts and put his money where his mouth is kind right. of thing. because now he looks like a cheap shot artist instead of someone who can handle himself. Right. right? So, so let's just move past it, yeah. right? If they had lost, we could have talked about this a lot more and blamed Kadri. But it does lead into how the Leafs, you know, played so well in replacing him, right? Yeah, so let's talk about how they replaced Kadri. Specifically, let's talk about who they ste- who stepped in on his spot on the power play, and then how the combination of Marlowe and Nylander looked playing as the third line center. Well, and I even think just before that, like the guy who replaced him, Ennis, like he had a great game. He kind of showed, you know, the Leafs' way from the first game is you know to avoid all of that stuff, right? And just play between the whistles, be fast and hard to play against, right? Him and Moore were great. Yeah, they, they were great, I and. Mean, you know, th- let's jump right in there. That was how they got their first yeah. goal, right? It was Ennis's and Moore's speed, getting in on the puck, forcing the turnover, and then uh, through a combination uh, of hard work and-, and skill, eventually Trevor Moore getting the first goal of the game on... He looks so happy, eh? Oh, it's, I... It must have been it's so great. It must be so great to score, like, your first playoff goal ever. Yeah. Well, it was only his second career goal ever. Right. Yeah. Do you remember when his first goal was, Dan? Wasn't that his first one of his first games that he played? No, it was in that Montreal game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, his last game of the season. That's exactly. Right. I almost Good forgot about that one too. Um, uh, yeah, so that uh, first goal was obviously huge, uh, and then let's just transition right into who took the spot of Kadri on that first power play unit, which was Andreas Janssen. He had a fantastic game, uh, and. <clears throat> Not only did he show some speed and some skill and some finish in the game, really, he was engaged in every single way, uh, both offensively and defensively, throughout the whole game. And I really thought, aside from the Tavares line, Andreas Janssen was the player that stepped out. Yeah, like it seemed as if he realized this was an opportunity for him, and he 100% took advantage of it. Even just the way he did things. I think on the goal, like the assist that he got on the Matthews goal, I think Kadri shoots that. Oh, definitely. Like right. for for a player who technically still has rookie status, right? He showed an amazing amount of patience there to hold that puck, mm-hmm. right? Wait, wait for the defender to commit, and then pass it to Matthews for a one-time goal. That was truly impressive. An amazing play by Matthews. To they showed it on the replay and in the intermission. He he didn't stay down by the post. He slid up high so he could pass it out because uh, I can't remember who the defenseman in, but he's tall. It's yeah. like their second tallest guy, right? Uh, so just to, just out of his stick reach. Yeah, and I, I think as a young player, one thing that you have to be cognizant of is like what do the other good players do? And right. we've seen the Pasternak hi- highlight packages and the the, the Bergeron and the, the Marchand highlight packages where they're covered and they just do a little you know they just drift into the open area, just get creating just enough spot uh, space to get that one timer off. And that's pretty much what he did there. Right, he put himself in a position where he had the space. He knew where he was shooting, and he hit a spot. And because of that, the Leafs got a two-one goal. Yeah, that was huge. Um, I, I I really feel like if this series goes well in our in our, in our favor, "Making Your Dreams" by Hollow Notes will be everyone in Toronto's favorite song, <laughs> and that song will haunt 
Boston players. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and a lot of these guys live in Canada, so they will hate coming home and hearing that song because they'll be reminded of it by all of their Leaf-cheering friends. Yep, I've programmed Alexa to play that song when I say, Alexa, the Leaf scored! <laughs> I went, well, uh. For a second, I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was going to start in the background. Um, yeah, so... Uh, jumping back into things. So, uh, Matthew scores that big uh, power play goal, right? It was great to see that, that the Leafs didn't let themselves be satisfied with that one goal. Yeah, the way right? they have in the past. They exactly. Give up the lead, we got right? our one. Here we go. We're going to coast. They got another power play opportunity right after. And and once again, Andreas Janssen showed that you know he was tenacious, right? That, that he was willing to go to the dirty area. He made a great defensive play at the line. Uh, and then Tavares... No look in between the legs, oh, pass right into the slot, a little deke, backhand into the net. Once again, another reason for me to dance around to my in my <laughs> living room to hollow notes. Uh, and then that made it 3-1. Which I have a video of, everybody. Yeah, I know. It was a Snapchat ice. <laughs> like I told my students today, you know, don't put anything on social media that you're not happy discussing with your employer, with your parents, <laughs> with your children, and whatever it is. Oh, well, I'm proud of my dance moves. <laughs> they were uh, Anyways, uh, unfortunately, the Leafs could not uh, follow up their uh, special team's uh, advantage on, on the power play with a stop on the PK. They did look pretty good on that PK at the end of the, the period, yeah. but uh, you got to tip your cap. Uh, Boston kept coming. Uh, they got a 3-2 goal, uh, go into the third period, uh, up a goal. And you know, one thing that I've noticed in, in both the first game and the third game, you did not see the uh, get it out and then defend mentality that you've seen in the past with the from Leafs. the Leafs. Okay, like they they allowed you know they allowed yes you know ten shots in the third period or whatever right. it is, but it, it, it was they they, they 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 took advantage of the, their opportunities. They, they they got in on the offensive zone. They they cycled the puck. They had some offensive zone time, and because of that, it really helped them pace themselves. Uh, help Freddie get a breather and just really made that third period not absolute torture. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, except for that last minute, eh? That that, that was tough. <laughs> that was tough. Yeah. Um, but then Anderson, you know, he's been... I think if the Leafs win the Stanley Cup and they're lucky enough that no matter what happens throughout the rest of the playoffs, like Anderson wins the Cotton's Mice because they can't do it without him. They can't. And, and I, I, I think... You know, again, it seems so ridiculous to talk about that because we're still in the first round. But just knowing what would have to happen for the Leafs to get there, right? Exactly. He would definitely be, unless you see some Herculean. Yeah, um, if someone puts the whole team on their back, besides right? Him, and right? and and someone scores three, four overtime right. goals in the next little while. But like, that's, I think he's just like he's living up to why you know why we play him so many games. Why the Leafs management is not worried about everything else that everyone else is worried about. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Before we kind of shift our focus to the next game, Dan, uh, what do you think from a Boston point of view? What did they do uh, not as well? What didn't they do? So what stood out for you? It seemed as if the Leafs were again attacking Char with the the chip it around him and skate around him, yeah. like they're in the neutral zone because the refs let tend to let a little bit more go on the interference side around the blue line, yeah. chip it out early, get around him. Uh, he looked a lot slower. They were using their speed, but then. And maybe it was a result of the Kadri suspension, or like we know the refs talked to the teams before the games and stuff too. But the Bruins were nowhere near as physical. Maybe is because the league like put the hammer down, 
right? So were they a little bit hesitant for that little shot or that little extra thing that they've been warned about or that both teams have been warned about, right? So they played, to me, a little bit more into the Leafs' hands way more hesitantly. Nothing after the whistle. They kind of let everything go, too. Yeah, and I think the Leafs, got to give them credit, like they were pretty physical. They took advantage yeah. of their opportunities to, to, to lay the body. Um, I, I think when it comes to the Boston Bruins-type game, so much of it has to do with being at home and having that crowd right. behind you, right? Because if you do something dirty at home, you get cheered for it. That's true. Yeah. Right? If you do something dirty on the road, you get booed, you get so much attention drawn to it. And I think the pressure shifts from a referee biting his whistle and letting something go to, you know, just by based on pressure having to blow the whistle. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I think you absolutely nailed the difference in physicality. I, I wouldn't say that the Leafs were less; they were just weren't intimidated. They they focused on their speed game. Uh, they still finish their checks all the time, you know. They just don't. It just didn't seem like they were as angry as the night before. They were trying to be a little bit more malicious, right? Yeah, again, they, they, I think they were physical, but they stayed within themselves. Yeah. Um, okay, super. So and we mentioned Charo being a little bit slow. Uh, so let's talk more about Game Four. Uh, what sort of things do you either predict Boston trying in the next game, uh, and what do the Leafs specifically need to do to continue this positive momentum and come up with another? Uh, well, I think win a, a big thing will be uh, continuing the Tavares Bergeron matchup as much as you can, because you yeah. know the Bruins are going to want to get away from that. But Tavares, like they, his line was awesome. They just shut them down all night long. Um, Player of the game, kind of, if he can continue it, Marner. Like, did you see the way the Leafs were swarming just him at the end of the game for those block shots? Like, you know that, oh, that the, was you know that in the dressing room, like he was getting love from those guys for those block shots. Like, that's your your maybe your technically your best skilled player on the team, one in the league, and he's throwing down his body, right? Trying to block time. a shot with his face. Right. So the Leafs need to continue doing that, and I think from a Boston standpoint, you know, they need to get more pucks to the net. They do need to drive the net a little bit harder than they did, right? And they need to, anytime there's a whistle, they got to try and grab someone and just do something just to get the Matthews, the Tavares, is like off their game. Yeah, and that's not something that you have seen very much. No. I think, with the exception of Game 2, and even in Game 2, it's not they, the Leafs have done a good job of clearing out, clearing out part of the net. Yep. Uh, you know, Muzzin has been a beast on the f- physically, right? Throw some huge body checks. He's done a good job of just boxing out and keeping people away from the goalie. Uh, one thing that you saw in that last minute of play was uh, Zaitsev coming in, absolutely laying someone out. Yeah, that was a big hit. I right? Like and again, it wasn't even a hit. It was just like, oh, this guy's <laughs> in front of the net. Ah! Just like body checking him out of the way. Um, and again, you know, Hainsey and Riley being consistent. Dermot. Uh, I still think Jake look- Gardner looks kind of lost and has not regained his form. But yeah. again, we, we understand he's just, why. He's still the upgrade on whoever else we have, right? So exactly. It's not Ozaganov. It's not Marincin. It's yeah. not uh, Hall. Like, it, it, it's still a good opportunity. And again, in the power in the playoffs, you, you ride your big guys. And right. that's exactly what the Leafs have been doing. Um, so let, let's, you know, put our look into our crystal ball here. Game four. Who do you predict being uh, a significant, important player for the Maple Leafs? For the Maple Leafs, I think it. Ha- I think it will have to be Anderson's game to steal. Like he, the next game will be the one he has to steal because I think Pasternak and Marchand are going to be on fire. If I think the Bruins know, if you go down three-one to the Leafs, you know it's going to be very tough to climb out of that hole. 
Because you're going to go home. You know, they could win 3-2 at home, no problem, right? But then you've got to come back to Toronto where you've now lost two in a row. Yeah, well, and again, it, it's winning three yeah. games in a row, which which in any series is difficult. Uh, I, I do agree with you. I, I think it sounds crazy to say that Freddie hasn't... He's made huge saves, He's been a huge, right? huge save, but he hasn't stolen any games. He's right. got like a 940 save percentage. Right, right. But it's true. When the Leafs have been successful in the playoffs the last few years, there has always been those Freddy games. Or when we played Boston last time, it was the James Reimer. You know, right. that game where the goalie you didn't deserve gets to win. a win, right? right? And to be honest, when the Leafs were being successful in the beginning of the season, a lot of those wins were those type of games where Freddy stole the show. Right. So the stage is set in Game 4 for that to happen again. Yeah. That being said... I'm going to go on a limb here and say the line that will surprise us in this next game is going to be the Nylander Marlow Brown line. And I think it's not going to be because of Nylander. Right. And it's not going to be because of Brown. But as much as I've given him a hard time so far, okay, I think Patrick Marlowe is going to have a moment in this series. He, like, he, he kind of needs to, right? Like, who knows what happens with him at the end of the year? Yeah. Who knows what happens with him next year, right? This may be Patrick Marlowe's last playoff series ever, right. right? And I think because of that, over the, in the next game, you will see him come out and have a big moment, score a big goal. And again, he's had a few subtle plays that have been impressive, but I think you're going to see something big from Patrick Marlowe. Uh, and again, if I want to build off of that, I, I think that uh, you'll continue to see uh, some great play from the Leafs defense. Specifically, uh, one thing that we've really saw in the last game was Morgan Riley skating, using his legs a lot more, getting some pucks on yeah. net. So I, I think that's something that you might see. On the Boston end, uh, I did something. I tried a very interesting social experiment today. I, I, I saw the tweet. Of the Boston, the, the you know Boston beat reporter tweeting out the lines, and I decided to scroll down in the comments. It's amazing. I, if Boston and Toronto fans just took some time to talk to one another, they would realize how very very similar <laughs> that they are, right? Like the amount of oh you're starting Nordstrom over Bacchus or or, or split up the Marshall uh, the Bergeron line or like just <laughs> you know put the backup goalie in. like all the same shenanigans that we pull they were pulling too right uh, so I, I one player that I think on Boston has played really well has been Charlie Coyle he had two goals in the last game uh, he's just been really steady uh, I, I think that line has a, an opportunity to be really big I I, I I know it's a bad feeling to have, or like good feeling. Fan. I don't know what it is, but like I just, I'm very comfortable with the Bergeron line, right? Like I, I just think now that we have two defensive pairings that we're comfortable with, right, and two legit top, right. Centermen. You you have two you have two lines uh, in, with two number one centers, right, and you have Kapanen and, and Janssen that are playing with speed, right, and even though Nylander's on that third line. You have Marlowe and Brown, who maybe cannot produce a lot offensively, but defensively can negate a lot. Yeah, I just think there's a lot there to help them. So I, I think the keys in the next game, right? Again, take advantage of your power play opportunity if you get them. Anytime you you, you can gain control of the puck in your defensive zone, take a deep breath, 
skate it out. You know, get the puck deep. You know, spend as much offensive zone as you can. Don't chase matchups too much. And again, I, I'm optimistic that good things can happen. Yeah, agree. Uh, worst case scenario, they lose again. If they lose, hopefully no one gets suspended. Uh, <laughs> and then you know we can go back and have our negative show. That's yeah, at least then it's just still just the best two out of three. Right, and are we going to see an overtime game in this series or what? But you, you put the overtime where that's I remember against Washington <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. That was the big thing, right? So I think that just my experience watching playoff hockey, this game four is the game that's going to go to overtime. Right, that's what I was going right? to predict. Yeah. And, and and that's going to be the game, right? That like oh. Like, what a swing point. You, yeah, you get exactly. this overtime winner, the Leafs are up 3-1. Right. You don't get it, it's 2-2, and then now you've given, pardon me, home ice advantage back to Boston. Right. Right, so who knows what might happen. Uh, the one thing that uh, I have learned is that when I wear my clean Bab socks, the Leafs are 2-0. <laughs> uh, and uh, They have to be clean? Well, <laughs> I, I may have reworn the same socks as Thursday on okay. Saturday, and they okay. lost. And then I switched it up to a new clean pair. Okay. I have multiple pairs. Uh, so who knows? I don't know what I'm going to do. That's a hard decision. It's a hard decision. These are the kind of things that, you know, a fan superstition who has it's no true. impact on the game might really be what changes the game <laughs> from overtime victory to a overtime loss. Um, you know, before we wrap things up, uh, let's uh, just quickly talk about some of the stuff that's been going on in the playoffs right now because it has been pretty crazy. Uh, what's been more surprising to you? Tampa being down 3 nothing, or... Uh, Pittsburgh being down 3 nothing. More surprising, I'd have to say, is the Tampa Bay Lightning being down. Just because of how easily they steamrolled the entire league. Yeah. I mean, Columbus is probably the one team no one wanted to face heading into the playoffs. They had to win every game to get in. They are packed with star power. But the Penguins weren't having the season the Lightning were. right? Where oh, the, yeah. And the Islanders, are they're a good team, you know, unfortunately for the Penguins. But I still don't think they should be down 3 nothing. Like, where has Sidney Crosby been? Yeah, I don't think he's got a point yet. Nope, series. same with Kucherov, zero points. Right, so he does have a one game suspension. Yeah, so he's got. He's at least he's on the score sheet, right? Exactly. <laughs> so oh. I, like, I think that's got to be the biggest surprise. Correction: Crosby did get his first assist. Oh, did he? Okay, it's one one right now. Wow. And then two one Columbus. I, I, I think. Oh, that's going on right I, now. I, I, yeah, I, okay. I, I think the one thing that has really hurt Tampa, aside from the fact that like they just had a really deflating and demoralizing first game. Uh, Hedman is not right. Like you know, he, he played the first played, game. Yeah. I think he played the first game, yeah. and he looked terrible. He's out. I think Strawman is out too. Yet Kucherov, like they, their injuries hit them at the worst, at time. the worst possible time, and like they appear to be a team that peaked too early. Yeah, uh, I, I did love. Is it the Presidents Trophy curse? I, I guess so. But like generally speaking, the Presidents Trophy team does make it out of the first round, right? Like that. Yes, they rarely win, but normally they do make it out. Uh, so. That's that. That's been pretty crazy. I, I think has there been one series that's really caught your eye? Uh, well, what's crazy? So my wife did the NHL bracket challenge because I made her sign up, and yeah. she picked Columbus, and she's also picked Colorado. So Colorado's got to be another one. They're they're playing great, and you know they're out, they're missing their one of their best players too, right? And that kid, uh, Hopi Baker winner, Cal McCarr, whatever, yeah. steps in the lineup last night, scores his first goal in his first game in the NHL. So they're another surprising team because I kind of thought. That if a team was going to choke and not make the playoffs, it was going to be them, and Phoenix would sneak in. Yeah, and you know, her, I know, I think 
we went over her bracket the other day. She picked Winnipeg. Winnipeg's yep. coming back. Nashville. Nashville's coming back. Who knows? Fuck, she might make us $100,000. Us? Okay, I'll put, put that on paper. <laughs> put that on paper, Dan. I'll take some. I'll take some. Uh, yeah, so guys, the one thing we can all agree on... We but what's your big surprise before you hop on? Oh, uh... Uh, you know what? I, I think it has been that that, that Calgary Colorado series. Uh, I going in, I thought, you know, Calgary would be able to take the series, and the thing that would stop them from doing it was Mike Smith not being able to, you know, be not, Mike Smith, not just not being a good goaltender. Right. He stole them game one. Yep. Right. And really, what has hurt Calgary so far is that their big guns haven't showed up. Yeah, if and they lose, it won't be because of their goaltending. Exactly. So, like, I think that's been my big surprise. Um, other than that, like that, I think a lot of the things that I've like, I'm really interested in the Vegas and San Jose series, uh, and which I has picked, been amazing on picked, and off I the ice. Vegas, yeah, and, me too. And I, I still stick to it. Uh, but both the, the chirping with Thornton and uh, Reeves has been hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah, the that's well, you yeah, know my, you know when you get old and you have issues with your eyes. Yeah, yeah, my grandpa, my buddy has a grandpa has to wear glasses. It can be hard for him to see from the press box. It's great. Yeah, see, but again, that, like that's it's, that that's the chirpiness. That's, that, it's fun, right? Right, and again, like we we saw the two sides of fighting, right? You you saw who was it? Uh, Reeves and, and, Kane. and Andrew Kane fighting, right? And that, that's what uh, you no, know. No, no one gets done. hurt. Right, and then you saw Sveshnikov and Ovechkin fight in the, Ooh, in the game, tough. and then you know someone drops the ice and has a concussion, is injured. So it, it, it's really hard uh, to decide on that. But I, I I do get that no one likes to see people get injured in a fight. Right, right. Like, and, I, and there's no way Ovechkin meant to, of course. No, like, no, you know, obviously you, you not. Want to teach him a obviously lesson. Obviously not. And you know they're two mutual participants. Yeah. But Shit happens. What the hey? What the hey? Uh, anyways, guys, uh, I think that's a nice place to leave it off. Uh, if you have any uh, predictions, uh, anal- uh, you know, any an- analysis, any suggestions for what we can talk about on our, in our next uh, pre slash post game uh, show, uh, please uh, send us a tweet uh, at uh, neighborhood lease po- or sorry, friendly lease PC, uh, or you can uh, reach us at, out to us on Instagram, friendly neighborhood Leafs. the friendly neighborhood Leafs. Uh, as always, guys, it's so much fun talking uh, about the Leafs with you guys. Uh, what a great time it is to be a Leafs fan. The Leafs are up 2-1. Okay, we need two more wins to win the series. We need 14 more wins to have a parade. <laughs> Let's pace ourselves, though, okay? For the Neighborhood Leafs Podcast, guys, I'm Phil. And I'm Dan. We'll see you around the neighborhood. Go Leafs, go. Everybody's feeling good. Listen to the neighborhood.